Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the CG Business Advisor Podcast brought to you by CG Tax Audit and Advisory. As a reminder, please subscribe, rate, and review the CG Business Advisor wherever you get your podcasts from so you can make sure that you get each new episode downloaded directly to your mobile device. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about the R&D tax credit, the research and development tax credit. Now, what is that? Well, it's an incentive that's given to businesses in order to advance the economy of the government. It essentially rewards businesses for investment in research and, yes, development. But there's so many layers to this. It's like an onion. You just got to keep peeling it back. There's no one better to help us get through this than Al Lenick the founding member of Manufacturer Results, LLC. Al's career has covered over 20 years of extensive industrial engineering experience working for high-profile companies such as Ingersoll, Rand, and St. Gobain, where he has multiple patents. Al works closely with CPAs and manages client relationships in the Northeast in advising them on tax regulations and how to gain maximum benefits from the federal and state R&D tax incentives. Al, I know it's uh, maybe a little difficult to do this in a short period of time, but could you briefly explain the research and development tax credit for me? Absolutely. So um, the research and development tax credit was something that was brought about um, from the federal government. The IRS supports it uh, back in the 1980s during the Reagan administration, and it's actually meant to promote innovation um, for manufacturers. It's a credit, so it's meant for companies that are profitable, and it's really helped um, in as far as employment, technology development, and the like. So how does it exactly work though? Yeah, so so what actually happens with, so the the IRS is defining research and development in, in their way. And research and development is, is defined by many people in a variety of different uh, methods. I mean, usually think about lab coats or mice and, you know, lab mice and patents and, and <laughs> things of that nature. Um, but, but honestly, research and development really should have been called the innovation credit. If I was king for the day, I would say, let's call it the, the innovation credit. And so what we want to really do is review with a client or prospect uh, what, what is a qualified activity. There's, there, there's certain tests that go into something being a qualified activity. And then from that, we pull the qualified expenses and we review that as well with the client. And then from that, there's a calculation that occurs. And then basically you have that calculation, you have that number. Um, Part of the pre-qualification is to review that with your CPA and see how that fits in the overall tax planning strategy. So I I like to say that the the credit's not a silver bullet to remove the, um, it, it doesn't kill all your uh, your taxes and your liabilities as far as that goes, but um, consider it more like an ointment to ease the burn of, of taxes for many of these uh, clients. I like that, the innovation, that's a lot better. It's a better name. I think we should start a petition to get that to be renamed. It, well, if you make it too simple though, I might not have a job, Scott, so. <laughs> Uh, all right. You mentioned some of the uh, things that qualify, right? Are there any specific industries, though, that benefit specifically from the R&D tax credit? So it's funny because really just about every industry qualifies and can be counted towards that. Um, but really, what, what it really when you think about it, um, when I'm looking at a qualified activity, perhaps there's kind of four major buckets. Um, there's the product 
folks. So folks who are either designing or developing products, um, changing products, making improvements to them. Then there's also those that are in the process category. So, uh, you know, so if we're thinking about product companies, we're thinking about car manufacturers, parts manufacturers, discrete manufacturers. Um, and if you go to processes, this is more like um, the beer, the, the beer folks, the distilleries. I mean, there's a product place there as well, but it's a little bit more process oriented where there's equipment, there's machinery, there's, there's specifics and improvements of that, that um, type of area. Um, and then another category would be software. So you've got software companies. And again, software doesn't smell like research and development. You don't think of it as research and development. And many software people define research and development very differently. So they'll say market research. That's not for the R&D tax credit, but research as far as designing a platform, developing a platform, doing the coding work, writing algorithms. Those are all things that count um, as qualified activities. And then there's expenses that go to that too. So where you can get the R&D tax credit. Are there a lot of hoops to jump through in order to get qualified? So um, there, there can be, but ultimately there's really not. There's four tests um, for something to be a qualified activity. And I like to tell uh, clients when I'm sitting with a prospect, it's about, a, it's an hour. We can cut it to 20 minutes if it's not a very large client. Um, but the conversation is basically, what do you do here? And based on what do you do, we'll see if you qualify. What does that mean? Basically, there's four tests for a qualified activity. And what that is, is they want to know, the IRS says, what's the business component? What's the reason of what you're doing? What are you creating? Mm -hmm. Is there a, is it a form? Is it fit? Is it cost savings? Is it automation? That's the first test. Second test says, okay, fine. You're doing something there and you have to pass all four. Three out of four isn't good enough. So, you know, that first test is what are you doing? The second test is where's there some risk? Is there some technological uncertainty and or financial risk in you trying to solve this business component. This is where it takes out things like the COVID-19 vaccine. That's research and development. It's not R&D tax credit worthy though, because of the fact that those folks are getting paid regardless of the outcome. Um, so whether it worked or not, those pharmaceuticals were still gonna get paid. Mm -hmm. And so that's where it really is kind of confusing the folks many times, because they think research and development means something um, that's much broader when it can be very, very narrow to the point of I'm a manufacturing and I'm changing my packaging from plastic to cardboard. Um, so, you know, so test one, what's the reason? Test two, what's the risk? Test three, we're going to prove the risk by uh, was there a process of experimentation or an iterative approach to solving the business component? So that's that's test three. And then the glue is test four that brings it all together is are the engineering sciences, math, engineering sciences, physical sciences, biology, chemistry, all of the like computer sciences, programming, are they being used to solve the business component? And that's where things like software development, where we're building up algorithms come into place, where many folks don't think about that as research and development in the classic sense. Do the qualifications, Al, do they differ between federal and state tax incentives for R&D? Like, is so there a, they, I don't want to call it a burden of proof, but is there a difference between state and federal in order to get these qualifications passed? So, yeah, that's a great question. Um, so it's honestly, we have seen that the federal from the federal side to the state side, what qualifies as research, research and development, it's the same. However, the calculations tend to be different. 
So, um, so in, in a state of like state of New York doesn't have one. Um, there's about 35 states, I believe, right now that have the R&D tax credit in a variety of different ways. Um, you, you know, New Jersey has it. It's predominantly it's better for C corps. Pennsylvania has it, and it's a little bit more on a. It's it's almost more like a an application process, so to speak. So um, when when we're working with clients, we talk about the federal credit. That's really the reason why you come and you want to focus in on it. You want to make sure you can take advantage of it on the federal side. And then the state side, it's along for the ride, icing on the cake, so to speak. Interesting. All right, you mentioned software companies. Uh, what other examples of companies benefit from the R&D tax credit? And you, so mentioned, some, you mentioned biomedical because of, you know, like COVID, vac- uh, the vaccine actually is not an R&D tax credit uh, eligibility. But I would assume that the biomedical uh, space is a big one for R&D tax credit. Yeah, absolutely. It's very strong. And, and so this is where really I, I brought up the COVID uh, example because the, the formulation, that's the stuff where they're getting paid regardless of the outcome. And we work with biomedical companies quite a bit where they're, they're getting funded through grants. And so they say, oh, we've got a ton of R&D. And then we say, well, if you're funded through a grant, that's not going to count. And then they say, oh, darn. And then later on, we come to realize that if, if you're changing the packaging, that can be research and development. If you're changing the formulation to save money because you found an extra, you know, a different source or, or, or something of that nature, that also can count. So biomedical is, is very strong. It's just one of those things where we got to really talk to those folks and explain research and development in their minds versus how the IRS calls it. And that's why I use that word innovation. You know, uh-huh. call it the innovation credit. It makes it a little easier. Would, would delivery method qualify is something like that, if that gets tweaked? Yeah, so the delivery method of the drug in and of itself, we do work with clients from that standpoint because many times they have to change the formulation. So change of formulation causes a required business component, change of formulation. Is there more than one way to solve this? That's your financial or technical risk, technical uncertainty. Are you doing many trials? That's a process of experimentation that's taking place. And then the end of the day, Chemistry is being used. There's a biology, biological sciences and the like that are being used to make sure that you're solving that business component. And that's the fourth test. What about the media industry? Is there any form of media R&D that qualifies for a tax credit? Yeah. So on. So again, market research. People think about market research. And so that sounds like R&D. And unfortunately, it's not hmm. because that typically has to do with taste and aesthetics. However, there's quite a bit of digitization. I'm not sure if that's a true word or not. It but sounds good, though. I'll use it. It's, it. Well, you'll go with it, right? Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate that. So, um, the digitization of, uh, you know, using these these media companies in many ways are using data in a variety of different ways. They have to produce artificial intelligence. That's a hot one right now. There's algorithms that get involved. So we do want to dig into those a little bit further, typically on the media side. It's a little bit more on software. So as I said, you've got product, you've got process, you've got software, and then you have service companies. It's a little bit more on the software side that we look at, but each company has their own uh, method of doing things. So it, there's a little bit of an investigation that we do when we're, when we're talking with our clients. No, that makes sense. Uh, is there a, an example of a type of company that you wouldn't necessarily think would qualify for something that's called research and development, but actually does? So typically... Um, you know, small discrete manufacturers, um, like your typical machine shops, wood shops, um, folks like that, where they're getting things where they're designing to build. 
So they get a drawing or they get a, a, a design from somebody and then they say, well, we're not doing any research and development because we're building to those requirements. Um, really though, they're being told this is the end result of what we want. And so they don't necessarily realize that the fact that there actually can be quite a bit of research and development. And we always tell them, well, if you're getting a job and you have to make a thousand pieces, are you gonna make a thousand all at once? If that's the case, that's not gonna be R&D typically. But if you're doing one or two trials, and then you're going to make full production, that's, that's where it smells of research and development because you don't have it really dialed in. The process isn't dialed in. So then we'd want to just get an understanding a little bit more about what's the troubleshooting that goes on. Are there any common myths surrounding the R&D tax credit? Yeah, so, so it's the common myths are things like only large companies that take, can take advantage of it. Um, and, and that's really not the case. It, it, quite honestly, it's, um, I think the last time I checked, it was about 40, I think it was like 40 or 50% of the Fortune 500 take advantage of the R&D tax credit. There's a, a variety of reasons for that. Um, sometimes it's just the complexity in and of itself, but small companies can take advantage of this credit. They don't need a high level time tracking system. You know, people think that you need to have time tracking and, and, and focus in on it. Um, the IRS understands full well that what they define as research and development and what even you as a business might define as research and development can alter as far as how you're gonna track the credit. So even if you have a, a something, you've got a time tracking system in place for research and development, those sometimes are not qualified activities, but other activities are R&D. And so again, we go back to saying, maybe we should call it the innovation mm -hmm. credit just to remove some of that confusion. No, that makes sense. Tell me more about manufacturer results. So manufacturer results is, is a, we're, you know, we're a consulting service. Um, we're focused in on helping manufacturers get results. Uh, R&D tax credit is one of the key areas in which we help manufacturers in a variety of our different clients. Uh, just from a standpoint of we're, we're a one-stop shop for innovators, manufacturers and the like um, to just get a sense of, of where we can help them. And where can people go for more information about you guys? Manufacturer www.manufactureresults.com. I loved it. You threw in the www. It's it's. Very I know important. I'm old. I mean, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, after I said, I said, oh geez, why did I do that? I'm surprised you didn't throw an HTTP colon slash slash in there. <laughs> Easy now. Uh, Al, thanks so much. Uh, incredible information, and uh, look forward to talking soon because it's a very interesting topic that I'm sure we can get more into. Happy to talk to anyone about the R&D tax credit and see if it fits. I mean, it's not a fit for everybody, but um, it's ultimately it's worth taking a look at, too. And by the way, make it a point to, you know, it's I'm working with on that to talk about the R&D tax credit. But it's ultimately the CPAs that are very important to have that conversation. Um, the CG team, of course, is, is one of our key uh, CPAs that we work with um, to help our manufacturers and clients. Great stuff, Al. Talk soon. Thanks. Great conversation with Al Lenick. Uh, really appreciate the insight and the information into the R&D tax credit. For more great episodes, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the CG Business Advisor wherever you get your podcasts from. For more information about a CG tax audit and advisor, you can head to cgteam.com. And for the latest webinars where you can learn more about things, Go to cgteam.com slash cg-webinars. 
They're free, you can sign up, and really benefit from some great guest presenters. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Thanks again for tuning in to the CG Business Advisor. We'll be back with a new episode on the 15th. So until then, I'll talk to you next time.